Welcome to the Top 10 Ranks Podcast. Today, we're going to be ranking the top 10 NBA players of all time. And to help me do this, I have uh, my two brothers, Miles and Moses, both here. My dad, Nate, and my good friend, Brock. And we've got our five lists that we combined together to make this top 10 list. So... Some different opinions coming together, and I think this is a pretty good list. I haven't revealed it um, to everyone yet, but everyone sent me their lists, and I have averaged them out here. I think this is a timely podcast with LeBron James just passing Kareem as the number one scorer of all time, or number one in points that happened, what, last week? So... Anyway, should be exciting, and I'm excited to discuss. Any thoughts in general on making the lists? Yeah, I think a lot of us, we know each other's lists. Brock is the outsider, so maybe he'll bring some wisdom to the group, but we kind of know where we stand, and so, uh, so yeah, I'm in- interested to just see it. This has been a to- topic that we've discussed probably every week of our life. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> we've talked about this. Yeah, a lot. we've talked about it a lot. It's clearly well thought out. Whoever put Derrick Rose on their top ten list, so you're <laughs> <laughs> the insight behind that. <laughs> I think that was just an honorable mention. Um, but yeah, someone had Derrick Rose as an honorable mention. Do we want to? We'll just say we already know it was Moses. He's got. <laughs> I don't know. He dreams about Derrick Rose. I don't know what the deal is. I just put him on the honorable mentions because of the couple seasons he was good. Um, um, He's Utah Jazz legend, Derrick Rose. (laughs) Hey, a lot of people Um, have a lot of fondness for him, so... You know, his highlights are... Probably one of the best to watch. He's, He's had a couple TV commercials, so, you know... As a as a highlight watcher, Moses has to have him in. So I'm just kidding. Okay, let's start. Let's just start at number ten. We'll go ten through one. So at number ten, with an average score of nine point eight, is Tim Duncan. We had three of us ranked him at number ten. Dad Miles and Moses. Brock had him at eleven just outside, and I had him at number eight, so I guess uh, I can go first, why I had him higher. Yeah, I feel like you guys disrespected him a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Um, If you pull up the statistics, I mean, stat-wise is not great in comparison with the others. 19 points a game for his career, I think that might be the lowest out of um, all these other players we discussed, 10.8 rebounds, 2.2 blocks. He never won a defensive player of the year, which is interesting, but he had 15, he was a 15-time all-defense and a 15-time all-NBA and a 15-time all-star, and he played 19 seasons. So I think what put him higher for me was the consistency and the players I had under him, I think, I think it was Shaq and Kobe. I had both under under Duncan. I had Duncan at eight, 
And the reason why I had Duncan higher was just the consistency, because I think Shaq had a great stretch in his career, and so did Kobe. Kobe, I guess, had multiple, and Kobe's was longer too, but I feel like Duncan, so five championships, three finals MVPs. Yeah, five championships, and he is the bus driver of that Spurs team. That That's my main thing for why it was higher, is just his consistency being 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Star, and 15-time All-Defense, which is much higher than any other defensive player on this list. I guess Kareem was 11-time All-Defense. Kobe was 12-time All-Defense. Kobe was 12-time All-Defense? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm wrong. Yeah, that yeah, is on. Better put him over. Well, Tim, now. Tim Duncan's fifteen. <laughs> Tim's fifteen. Well, he's he's had more All Star too. And what? Well, what was interesting? Duncan never got Defensive Player of the Year. The only player who actually won Defensive Player of the Year on this list was Michael Jordan. Won it once. So I thought that was interesting. Michael Jordan also had nine time All Defense. So anyway, that was. That's my argument for Duncan. Um, did Bill Russell not win? Was was defensive player that you're not a thing when Bill Russell played, or did he just not win it? Right. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a thing when he played. Yeah, I think it came later. Yeah, when I was looking it up. I think because Kareem. I know, I know they gave MVPs out after the finals when Bill Russell played. Whereas, whereas now they give MVPs out after the regular season. Right. So Bill Russell doesn't have any finals MVPs. But he does have MVPs, which kind of count more toward that. Anyway. Yeah, I think Duncan was just really quiet, you know, Mr. Fundamental. He did the job. He did it right. He wasn't flashy. He, he doesn't kind of stand out. And so probably that's why where he, that's why he ended up where he did. I mean, obviously he deserves to be on the 10, but, yeah, I don't know. I, like, did he change the league? I don't know. Probably not. He wasn't like super influential there. He just kind of did his did his duty, did his job, and and but that is impressive the defensive uh, the defensive stuff that he did because I think you really need to consider both sides of the game. I think a lot of people just think points, but you know fifty percent of the game is defense, so it's good to consider that. So for that reason, maybe he could move up a little bit, but I think he's a, in a good spot collectively. And I agree, agree with that, too. Um, I I really like that Spurs team. That's probably one of my favorite Spurs team teams ever with uh, Parker and Ginobili and that, that kind of squad right there. Um, but, yeah, Tim Duncan, he's kind of forgotten just because um, he's not in the highlight reel. Yeah. He's more of a team guy, too. Yeah. The Spurs were good because of Popovich and the system, and they worked together. So individually, he wasn't he wasn't trying to you know get notoriety individually at all. So it's not a highlight to you know be at the free throw line and and shoot that jumper off the backboard like no one cares. <laughs> and that's what he did. But it's all I think it's also impressive because he won a championship in '99. What that was with David Robinson. And he also won a championship in 2014. Right. And all those years, like both of those championship runs, he was 
he wasn't like washed, you know, he was one of the main guys right. contributing. Yeah. That like the first or second best option on the team. So I don't I don't know if there's anyone else on the list who has that. Maybe LeBron, but I don't think LeBron's is that long either. You know that's 15 years difference. So what, it's what kind of a big Kobe's, deal. Because um, Kobe had uh, 2000, they won, and then 2010. So that's 10 years. But that's similar to LeBron. 2011, 2020, I think. So, anyway, I think that's that's yeah, impressive. Even, even LeBron goes, I mean, if you go 2007 when he played in the finals to 2022, I mean 2020, that's still only 13, whereas, and that's and that's with losing the finals. Right. Like he lost in 2007 and won in 2020. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's 13 years. But, I mean, Duncan wins 15 years apart is pretty, as, as the number one option. Or at least as, as team captain, basically. Right. That's tough to be. And that Spurs dynasty is one of the best teams ever. And they were good for so long. Yeah, I mean, they were just always in the playoff race. Always winning games. It's, it's partly Popovich, but... I mean, Duncan did it with Robinson, but Robinson couldn't do it without Duncan. But, you know, Duncan did it, did it later, you know, without him. So I think that says something. But yeah, I, I feel good about him at 10 um, for this list. I guess we should have this discussion now, um, and we can start with Brock. So we had two people who ranked Steph in their top 10. I think Brock had him at 10, and was it someone had him at 9? Who was it? Moses? Think, yeah. You had him at 9? So let's talk about Steph real quick. And Brock, if you want to start, why do you think Steph deserves a spot in the top ten over Duncan? Yeah, I thought I, I kind of tried to go through it and go, how good are you at your job? Because when you if you go off sheer and and it's a lot easier when you're making a top fifty list or a top one hundred list to sort people by okay, how good are you at your job? But once you get to this top ten list, it's kind of how good are you, how good are you at your job plus how like when you get to players like Shaq, how like insanely talented is your body compared to everyone else? Because you you get guys like Will Chamberlain and you get guys like Shaq. Um, and I thought when you compare Steph to to the rest of whether it's the honorable mention guys or the top fifty or top ten, it's hard to say that Steph isn't as good as his job as Shaq was, or it's Steph because I I would consider Steph Curry is better at his job. And Shaquille O'Neal was Shaq just had the ability to like have his insane body to, to dominate. Whereas Steph is like if you were to do a ratio of Shaq was probably ninety percent physical talent, not nah, probably not ninety ten, but probably seventy five percent physical talent and twenty five percent like learned skill. And where Steph is probably ninety nine percent learned skill, one percent <laughs> physical talent because he's not. He's not dunking. He's it's all learned skill and shooting is and and if you go back to what Nate said, it's it's changing the game. And I thought Steph Curry did it. Obviously, has changed the game more than Duncan did. Yeah. And not that I would not that I not that Duncan doesn't deserve a top ten spot. I just when comparing it to the list of, of fourteen or fifteen guys that we created, like how how much better is Steph at his job than a guy like Shaq or a guy like Steph or a guy like Hakeem Olajuwon? 
Like, it's tough to say that Steph isn't better at his job than, than a lot of those guys, I thought. Yeah, that's a great point, especially, like, Steph, with what he had, his body did more than any of these guys to even be in this conversation as a 6'3", 6'2", guy who made a living off shooting. That, that is incredible. I, like, we were talking about this. I think Steph, in relation to this list, by far would be at the bottom when it comes to defense. And I think that has a lot to do with his physical abilities, his just his body. Like, a lot of these guys are huge, and that helped them to be great. But Steph was still able to do a lot with what he had. Yeah, I would have put... Go ahead, Moses. Why, why um, did you? I mean, I would think he's one of the most influential players on the game. Especially because a bunch of kids just shooting threes now. Maybe, he's, maybe he ruined the game, I don't know. Or maybe he made it better. But he, or he did change the game, for sure. I mean... And especially because, like, how many times the Warriors went to the finals. And not to say that's because of Kevin Durant, too, but, like, he kind of just led a team to go to the finals a bunch of times and face against even, like, LeBron and beat him a bunch of times. Yeah, I think so that... I would, I would ask, what, what do you guys... What would Steph Curry need to do for the for you guys that didn't have him ten? I I have something what with would that. What does he need to do to move up into that into that top ten list? What else does he need to add to his resume? So, um, my opinion, and it, and it comes to lots of my list, even with KD outside and the honorable mentions, um, with him moving up. Um, I mean, even with LeBron too. It's just um, for my list, it comes down a lot to legacy, and I think people don't have a big enough legacy if they're still playing in the game. So I think once Curry retires, um, he'll be higher on the top 10 list for me. Because, I don't know, it just makes for better legacy. Same with KD, same with LeBron. Um, So, yeah, that's just what it comes down for me. Yeah, for me, he was just outside the top 10, just barely. And it it just came down to, oh, well, who do I cut and why? And and I think for me, I do struggle not to put a point guard or a, a you know, those those guys that handle the ball on the list. But but again, like basketball is a big man's game, and the big guys are the ones that kind of make make the biggest difference. It seems. Um, but Steph Curry, I think uh, again, if we're looking at both parts of the game, I think his defensive game is kind of meh. While obviously offensively he can do whatever he wants to do, and he won championships, but he had had lots of help to do that as well. So I'm kind of with Miles thinking that once it's all said and done, then I can give him a better evaluation. But I don't think he's done with his career, so I just struggle putting an active player in there that's you know not LeBron James, who I think has established some things. Yeah, I. I'm in the same boat. It's kind of hard to imagine, like, if he retired today, where would we put him? Right. It's it's difficult to do that. And with what you were saying, defensively, he's far underneath, which that's not a knock against him. Like, he's, he's become a lot better of a defender as well. 
but you and with as great of an offensive player as he is and how much running he does and everything on that end of the floor like it's hard for him to be great on defense but i think it also just kind of stinks like that's the genet that's the genes that he has right. and so that just kind of stinks but it it also like just means he's not as great of a defender as the other guys and yeah i also think um with with the championships, if you look at his he's had he's been on a couple of the greatest teams of all time, and he's been the best player on the teams. But in the finals, if you if you're excluding this last year, obviously he won Finals MVP finally, and um, I think that bumps him up on the list. But yeah, I, I had him at number eleven. But on some of those finals runs, like. He only has one finals MVP out of his four championships, which doesn't say everything, but I think it says something that he had Durant for a couple of those championships. And I think maybe if Durant wouldn't have gone to the Warriors and he would have, he could have won those championships still, um, that would put him higher for me. But it's hard to say, like, what could he do? Because yeah. I feel like he's done everything, but it's kind of just like, yeah, and I guess we'll just see when he retires. But like I said, yeah, I had him number 11. So. And I think people give more respect once they retire, too. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and with... Yeah, I kind of thought, I kind of thought, like, if you were to give a pretty, I mean, pretty similar resumes between Duncan and Steph, they, they played on a championship team that had another top 15, 20 player, whether that's Durant or, or David Robinson, they both won a championship with one of those guys. Um, obviously, they won two with Kevin Durant. But if you were to give a combined score of how good you are at defense plus how good you are at offense, like it, Tim Duncan was about, would you say Steph Curry is better at offense than Tim Duncan is at defense? I would probably say yes. Right. And then Tim Duncan's obviously not as good as offense, but Steph is really bad at defense. So I think if you give him a combined score, it's pretty equitable resumes. Um, I think Steph, I think Steph is a guaranteed lock for top top nine players if he wins another championship with with a with this roster currently constructed how it is like if they if they have another finals run in the next year or two it's it's hard to say that he doesn't have as good of a resume as any other guys whether that's kobe Shaq, or duncan it's hard to say that he's not as good as his job as those guys i would say yeah and i think the biggest well the point that you made about the influence he's had on the game with three-point shooting and he's you know kind of inspired a whole generation of basketball players um it's it's bigger than like what he's done in the nba but he's changed the game of basketball worldwide with his influence i think that's that's the biggest thing he has going for him he's he's really if we're talking most influential players of all time he's got to be yeah, you know, top five. I think there, he truly so. has changed the game. He's he's made the court kind of. He's just widened the court and and uh, influenced others to shoot the three ball and and even big men are starting to shoot the three. I think Steph started it all there. We got to move on. Okay, so we'll go to number nine. We had Shaquille O'Neal, average score of eight point eight. And everyone had him in their top 10, except for Dad had him at number 11. Is that right? What do you put him, 11? 
Yeah, I think he was either 11 or 12. Again, it was like Steph or Shaq were just outside of the 10. And you had Hakeem at 9. And you were the only one with Hakeem on the list. So make the case for Hakeem over Shaq. Yeah, maybe I'm just the old guy of the group here and and, kind of grew up with him. But he was just so impressive as a post player. And he was like a center like I'd never seen before. I know Shaquille was... Um, pretty dominant on both ends, especially I saw Shaquille in college play, and he was just making amazing plays on both ends. And then when he came into the league, again, just rim-rocking, getting rebounds and blocks, he was just so physically powerful, I guess. But Hakeem had more finesse. Like, he really, Hakeem, they'd get him the ball, and he would just complete the task every time, it seemed. And he had so many different moves and ways to get the job done. He knew how to pass as well. He would steal the ball. I mean, he's the only guy, I believe, on this list that has a quadruple double. And I think he had multiples of those. And so he was a guy that would get, you know, his 20-plus points and 15 rebounds every game. And then he'd get a bunch of steals and a bunch of blocks as well as assist. So, I mean, he was just there doing all of it. And he he won a couple of championships and he did it with a couple of different groups. And he was just always uh, a very influential player. So, I don't know. Shaq was the stronger of the two. And uh, he won championships as well. But I just think Hakeem did it in kind of a more skillful way. So that's why he's over Shaquille, I believe. Is Hakeem the only international player on this list? Well, I'm the only one that put him on the list, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah sorry. In, in, out of these players we're talking about. Yeah, I guess I don't know if you say Kobe's international. So I understand most of uh, Kobe's childhood he's spent in Europe or something. So unless you count him as an international player, Hakeem's the only one, I believe. So yeah, Hakeem represents... Duncan, I mean, obviously Tim Duncan played for Team USA, but I think he grew up or was born in Barbados. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's right. He did. Yeah, I don't know what you classify as, because did Hakeem become a U.S. citizen? He did. Too, so, yeah. Anyway. It's America. We uh, we love them all. And it'll be cool to see as, as, as Jokic and Giannis and Luka kind of move up. I think they were all on the top. I don't... Luca might have been. I don't think he was on the NBA top seventy-five list, and they're all relative. They're all in their twenties. So as yeah. they move up through their careers, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, those are the three best players in the league right now, and they're they're all international players. Yeah, those three, like you said, are dumb. I mean, they're amazing players, and like if say say Giannis wins two more championships, where does he fall into that top? Is is he ahead of KD? Is he ahead of someone like Hakeem? Um, obviously, that's that's an if Giannis wins two more championships. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Number eight, Kobe Bryant, with an average score of seven point four, and uh, probably a lot to talk about here. I guess we can start off with Moses because actually we all kind of agreed. Two of us had him at eight, and two of us had him at nine. Moses had him at number three. 
But I do also think that there are a lot of people out there, maybe a lot of more casual fans out there, but still a lot of people out Um, there who rank Kobe in their top five, top three. So uh, let's hear the case. Well, I think when we're talking about people who rate him, a lot of the people who are hating on him are being controlled by the media, <laughs> which are really biased against him. When the people... When the people who play with him, like Shaq, who played against with him and with LeBron, say Kobe's still better... I don't. I don't think the media is biased against Kobe at all. I think the media puts Kobe in their top five. No. Still, with I like, think, I think if you were to analyze like, um, what the perception of Kobe was during his career versus post his career, when you have guys like, because I think you're right that the media has done both when when he was playing, at least at least the post Shaq years from. From like 2005 to 20, I mean, he won the two championships with Gasol, but if you were to butter knife those out and just go 2005 to like 2015, very much the perception around him was not a great teammate, like very, very selfish and, and totally like obviously super invested in winning and people knew him for that. But it was, I'm on the, I, I'm winning. It wasn't we're winning as a team. If you were to butter knife out those, those, championships with Gasol it was very much Kobe is the Lakers and that's that's Kobe's team whereas the perception now that he's retired and obviously passed away was um it's very much like the the mama mentality like this is what it takes to win and you have guys like Jason Tatum who are super invested in this this is how Kobe Bryant played ball so I'm, I'm I'm gonna play just like him um and I think when you compare that to guys like Steph or guys like Duncan, it's like, wow, they, they won with teams, and, and it was a very team-centric thing. And right. Obviously, they, they were still the faces of the franchise, Duncan with the Spurs and Curry with the Warriors, but it wasn't like Kobe is the Lakers. Like, that is his team. It wasn't. It's not like that with the other guys. So it's it's he has an interesting case, and you could put him kind of anywhere on the list and make a case for him because, obviously, he has the resume for it. But it's interesting how perceptions change depending on when he was playing, who he was playing with, and when he's retired and then passed away. So it's pretty interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think to put him, like, to when he got in the league and when he left, he really accomplished basically all that he could really accomplish Especially with how how hard he's worked, and he probably worked the hardest out of anyone, and and the influence he has, especially on the on the younger generation of working hard to be a great player, and I feel like, in my opinion, he had the least help out of anyone. I mean, I guess Pau Gasol was pretty good, but I don't really think he was. He was an all-star. Wait, what about Shaq? He wasn't like a Hall of Famer, but I mean, yeah, Shaq. So you're just talking about those two championships he won with Gasol. He had the least help. I mean, yeah, but... 
Kobe is the only one. It so Kobe and Shaq were teammates, and then Magic and Kareem were teammates, and those are the only ones that were teammates in their prime. Played on together. This list, so, and I don't even know was Kareem in his prime when he was playing with Magic. I'm not sure. He may have been for part of it probably, and then he may have been a little past. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but I'm talking about like. LeBron and Shaq were teammates for a season. We can't really count that, you know, because Shaq was Shaq was not done. Shaq. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some romanticism that goes along with, you know, right when Kobe retired, no one's putting him in the top five, and then he dies tragically. Not in a, no one. And he dies tragically in a plane, you know, a, a helicopter crash, and then everybody's putting him in the top five. So I think there is something kind of related to that. Oh. Like, let's give him some props because this is terrible and he died. And I don't know. I think that feeds into it a little bit. He was kind of a selfish player, I think, overall. But but then I understand him because he worked hard and he was there before everybody. And he left the gym after everybody. And he said he was the guy that was going to take the shot because he was more prepared to do that. So I kind of respect him for that and his work ethic. Also... Like when he goes to the All-Star game, he actually played defense. And, you know, when he goes overseas with the USA team, he's the one that sort of inspires everybody to step it up. So there are some really cool things about him. I just don't think he measures up to, uh, you know, those other guys that that were, I don't know, winners. I mean, he yeah. won. What do you mean winners? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the the point about the younger generation and him in, being one of the most influential, kind of similar to Steph. If we're talking most influential, I'm I I put Kobe top five. There's so many people, recent. my generation. Yeah, maybe recent influence, right? Yeah, my generation, the next generation that he, he is he was their favorite player growing up, right? And he also. Like you said, is a very individualistic player, and I think that appeals to a lot of basketball fans who aren't interested in playing team ball and they just want to pl- want right. to like shoot shots themselves. I mean, yeah, and I mean, even after like Michael retired, people thought that like who's the next Michael? Like everyone thought it was Kobe. Yeah, and, I think Kobe and Michael. There are a lot of similarities when it comes to that part of it too, because. If you watch that Last Dance documentary, I was talking about that, how yeah. influential he was as an individual player on so many people, but then people weren't about the team basketball anymore, where before with Magic and Bird, they were all about team ball, and Jordan was kind of doing it all himself. Kobe's kind of similar in his influence on the game, and and that appeals to people. But I think with Kobe, he only had one MVP, so that kind of... Well, that's because of the media. Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if you if you, I think if you analyze it, like there was, yeah, he only won one MVP. But at what point was he the best player in the league? Because Shaq and Duncan were in the league the entire time Kobe was there for the most part, and then LeBron comes in halfway through and is easily the best player in the league for for X amount of years. Like, That's true. It's tough to say that Kobe was the best player in the league at any point in his career, other than the one MVP year. At the same time, at the same time, though, Steve Nash won two MVPs, and a lot of people are upset about that because, you know, 
Kobe should have won it one of those years, but he Steve Nash was on a better team. Kobe didn't have anyone, so. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think, especially with Kobe, with the outside of even the NBA things he was doing, even the media is trying to hate on Kobe for... <laughs> okay, what this media conspiracy <laughs> wait, 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 for the media, you need to not make a double standard, too. I know you're going to talk bad against LeBron, too, um, from a media standpoint. So. <laughs> no, it's because the media is biased against LeBron, too. They, Do you LeBron think LeBron could have got, gotten, like, eight MVPs if it wasn't for the media? What, yeah. what media hates Kobe? Like... Media loves Kobe. Before he died, media hated Kobe. I don't think so. No, just people that would shoot shots and be like, Kobe? And then yeah, those are kids in the <laughs> high school classroom saying Kobe, and they're just shooting their garbage. <laughs> it just became kind of a cultural phenomenon or something. Yeah. Cultural influence, Kobe, yeah. for sure. Yeah, if you go, if you go just skill, like... Like Nick Wright on Fox Sports likes to say, LeBron James is better at the game of basketball than anyone I've ever seen. So, like, if you're just going how good you are at the skill of playing basketball, like skill wise and talent, MJ, Kobe, like, tough to say that they're not skilled wise. Like, yeah, they're they're tough to beat skills. Like, he's better at the skill of playing basketball right. than the majority of the top ten. But, but it's a, but it's a team game and had everything together, right? Yeah, it's a team game, and I I just don't think Kobe was a team guy. I mean, we're talking about top players now, not top yeah. teams. Well, well, that's what makes it hard is because basketball is a, a team sport, and we're ranking the top ten basketball not players, tennis. NBA players, and so, so if we're if we're bringing championships into it, you have to make it about the team, right? Because you don't win a championship by yourself. Yes, I mean, they're different things to consider, for sure. So, yeah, Kobe at eight. guess we'll move on. We had number seven, Bill Russell. I, I felt like that was pretty low. Me and Dad ranked him at four, and everyone else ranked him lower. Moses left him off, had him at number 11. What? So, let's your analysis first. Let's hear it. I don't really know a lot about him. That's probably the main reason why. I mean, this is a Gen in, Z take. In my opinion, it's just like the time that he played, he just didn't really have a lot of competition. What? Wilt. <laughs> so besides, like Will, I guess I'll just read one stat: eleven championships. No one just no one does that. He can't even fit them on all of his fingers. You understand those rings? Well, the competition was a lot less. Well, I know, but you can't really compare. It's really hard to compare the era, yeah. eras. Same obviously. thing, man. Like, this, we're moving from the 2000s with these last three players can, to the 60s. You don't so. put, like... Yeah, I think with Russell, you can't, use, you can't use resume as the main supporting tool for your argument. You have to go as how good, how good he was at his job comparative yeah. to other yeah. guys. You can't go off resume because I think the eras don't match up with resume. You can't put him in a time machine and bring him to to now and see how he plays against today. It's not the way it goes. I mean, just at the time, he just yeah, he just got the job done. He was a winner. He helped other people win, and that that Celtics dynasty back then was like no other. I mean, they just win, and nobody else 
could could match up. Yeah, I think uh, um, I could have ranked him higher too. I think his his legacy says something too. He created a dominant Celtics team that would go on to just continue to win over and over and over again. Um, and he was even a pretty dominant player for his time and even gave Wilt Chamberlain, who's a really dominant player, he gave him some trouble. And then also it's important to note that the NBA retired Bill Russell's jersey number. No one in no one in the NBA can ever wear his jersey number again, and he's the only player that the NBA has retired his jersey. He plays 13 seasons and wins the championship 11 times. How many MVPs? Uh, five MVPs. Okay. And you were saying that was before they did finals MVP. They gave out the MVP after the finals. So. Yeah, so it was your voting was also voting. Who did Bill now, Russell play with? That he had won the finals, so. Yeah. Yeah, those other old-timers, Celtics old-timers, I don't, I don't remember. Bob Cousy, yeah. John Havlicek. Um, some some good player. Emma is a great team, but he was just one of the great members of the team, and he was, I think, the best of the group. He's got to be in the top ten. Like he just oh, has for to sure. be. Yeah. I think I think the argument is between him and Wilt. Where, who do you rank higher and why? So uh, I'm assuming Wilt's next on the list. Wilt is next on the list at number six. So compare so compare those two and how they compare because I averaged out that Wilt was higher. It's so yeah, I think that knocked Russell down. Otherwise, Russell would have been higher. We had Wilt. Everyone was pretty close on Wilt. Daddy ranked him at number three. So let's hear what you have to say about I, that. I just think he was legendary in that he changed the game. Literally, they had to change some of the rules of the game because he was too dominant. He was so dominant that they said, oh, you can't play... You know, you can't play zone defense anymore, and and you can't dunk the basketball. Like, you can't do these things. Um, Goaltending stuff, all those things came about because of Wilt Chamberlain. Like, he would just sit at the basket and uh, and just do anything that he wanted to. They'd give him the ball. He'd dunk over the top of people. He could, he could do it all, I think. I mean, if you compare Wilt to Bill Russell, Bill Russell won the championships, but Wilt Chamberlain had similar numbers except for he doubled um, Bill Russell in points per game. Uh, did he average. triple him? No, Bill Russell averaged about 15 points a game, Wilt Chamberlain 30 points a game. Oh, okay. But some seasons he averaged 50. <laughs> yeah, didn't right. he? he had a season where he averaged 50 points a game. And, and Wilt Chamberlain is kind of legendary in that he had that 100-point game, and that was... Kobe had 80. Kind of a big deal. I know it has to put him. I know it has four. to do with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, shot attempts to get that many points. But Wilt Chamberlain was just like kind of an athlete like no other. He was really good in other sports as well. He just overall was a dominant presence. And Bill Russell was more of a I don't know a role player, team player guy. I think also with Wilt, I was doing some research. He has 72 NBA records, and many of them are unbreakable, probably. I don't even know if 
anybody is going to break them in the next hundred years. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I like this comparison of Wilt and Russell because it's kind of the same era, but also they're kind of um, illustrates this. What we're debating is Wilt is all about the individual accolades and he has he yep. has all of that individual stats, individual records and accomplishments. But then Bill Russell has all the championships, all the team success and all the winning. And so it's it's kind of just two different things that you're looking at. So it's hard to rank who's higher, those two. And I think with Giannis, when Giannis was kind of blowing up on the scene, people would call this, we haven't seen this since Shaq. Well, in my eyes, it was like, well, we haven't seen this since Wilt. Like the ability to run that fast and to be that long and that much bigger and that much stronger than everyone. Shaq was obviously pure strength, but I think Giannis is more comparable to a guy like Wilt. And anyone like, you just can't stop him on offense and he's going to dominate you on defense. Whereas with Shaq, it was like, I'm just stronger than you. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that is a better comparison. So with all those records, shouldn't Wilt be higher on your list, Miles? Um, I I could see him put higher. I just I I like my my I put him five. So okay, he was he was still yeah five's me. good. Yeah, I think I put I put him seven. I put him a little bit lower because I had Russell at four, and that was just because he only had two championships, and I feel like that I think that's the lowest number of championships out of all these guys. You know who Wilt had so. on his team. Yeah, uh, not well. He had Jerry West later for one of the when he went to the Lakers and won a championship. He had Jerry West, Nelson Baylor, I think. But then before that, I don't know that he really had much. He was kind of on his own. That's why 100 points a game. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on Wilt and Russell before we move on? We had number five was Larry Bird. We all were pretty consistent there. So three of us had him at six, one had him at five, and one had him at four. And uh, who put him at four? Brock had him at four. Oh, so yeah. I guess if you want to lead off on Larry Bird. Yeah, so I I kind of view Larry, I mean, Larry and Magic would be four, four A, four B, and not in either order. I think they're... Right. Tough to compare. Um, I would say that, I, like, skill-wise, I kind of thought Larry was more similar to Steph in the way that, like, very much is 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 skilled in a, in a specific way, and Magic was, too. That's why I, it's hard to, to tell different. Um, and they each had guys on their teams. Larry and Magic both had guys on their teams that are top 75 players, whether that's Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, or Kareem, and James Worthy. It's its tough to compare them um, because they were so even. And then you have guys like Julius Irving, who, who won two championships in the 80s while those two guys were kind of at their peak. So I, it was tough to compare them. Uh, I, I kind of am a fan of Larry Bird a little bit more than Magic. Um, and when we get to Magic, there's obviously more to, more to talk about with, with his skill set compared to Larry's. Yeah, we had Magic at four on the list, so 
we can talk magic too. Some magic four, bird five. I was wondering if uh, all of us being white has to do with bird <laughs> being a little higher. I, I don't know. I mean, really, bird and magic deserve to uh, be mentioned. Obviously, just kind of back to back. They're sort of interchangeable, those guys. I think growing up, I was always, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I was always a Blazers fan, so we hated the Lakers. So I, I kind of struggle with Magic Johnson just because he was always beating my team. And so if you were, if you weren't a Lakers fan, you were a Celtics fan. Cause that's in the eighties, that's what it was. You either rooted for the Celtics or the Lakers cause they were always right there. So I have a little bit of bias there because I was kind of a Trailblazers fan, but also a, a Boston Celtics fan. Well, we should have brought that up when we were talking about Kobe too, because yeah. we're we have two, three Jazz fans here and a Blazers <laughs> fan, and I don't know what Moses is, but <laughs> we all we all hated Kobe when he was playing. So I loved Kobe when he was playing, though. How you old didn't even were you? Know. Though? He was my favorite player. In How the, old was uh, he? Nine. In 09 when you were three? <laughs> Moses, you're just thinking back to a time that wasn't. Come on, man. Anyway, but that does feed into it. I mean, having some bias because you don't like a particular team. And, and I, I agree that that probably fed into my... I think I put Bird just over Magic barely because maybe just that reason. Because Magic and Bird, they both got the job done. They are both amazing players but they both were really important in making the nba matter because before the 80s no one really cared culturally about the nba and and those two with michael jordan afterwards sort of elevated the nba into this cultural kind of important place culturally important so yeah i i'm i don't I hate the Lakers. I never really liked Magic, but I respect and understand what he did for the game and who he was. And both Bird and Magic were incredible. Yeah, I had Magic uh, one spot higher. Just, I think he had two more championships. But also at the same time, I mean, they both had really good teams, right? But Magic may have the better team than Bird did. I think Bird individually had more, he had three MVPs, more accomplishments there with Magic having Kareem as the first option when he was first in the league. And then, you know, like he won the championship his rookie year with Kareem. So the team was already good without him. Anyway, I, but yeah, like I think they're comparable and I think you could, you could have them either way, but that's why I put Magic over Bird. So personally, yeah, I put uh, Magic at four over Bird. Uh, Bird was at six, but um, I just think uh, Magic is. I I put him the best point guard of all time, um, and I think it it comes down to his body type too. He was so oversized. Um, what, what was he like six nine? Yeah, six nine point guard. Um, so he's able to. He's super athletic, able to get the job done. Um, I think he was also a very unselfish player. Um, says his uh, assists per game. I think his career assists per game was twelve point three, which is very impressive. Um, 
It's the highest on this list by far. Probably it's just the position he played, though. I mean, he was about getting the ball to the right place. Yeah, but 12.3 assists. I think both of those guys, Magic and Bird, the, their genius was to be able to work with their team and see things in basketball that no one else could see and make things happen on the court and kind of orchestrate things. They're on a higher level than yeah. a lot of the other players, and just they were the guys on their teams and the guys in the NBA and there's something to say about their, you know, legacy and impact on the game. They kind of saved the NBA a little bit, um, and the ratings were really low in the 70s and early 80s, and those guys came into the league and and uh, made it a lot more popular, and, and a lot of people fell in love with basketball because of those guys. So. Yeah. It was a good rivalry between them to watch them go back and forth each year. I always, I was always confused on on why Magic was better at bat. Like everyone had Magic as better than Larry, and and I was always confused because he didn't shoot, he didn't dunk. It was just he won games. And now I see with with guys like Jokic that just are analytically. When you look at the analytics, he's like they're not going to lose games when he's on the floor. Like they're just not because he's in the right place doing the right things a hundred percent of the time. Like he just doesn't make mistakes. And I think if we were to look back retroactively and put analytics behind magic's game, that would probably be the case. And that's probably why people liked him so much is because he just didn't make very many mistakes. Hmm. He just won games and there wasn't a lot of backing and reasoning behind. Oh, why are they in these positions all the time where they just don't lose games? And I think it's pretty similar to what we see with Jokic now that like, if you're in the right spot doing the right thing 100% of the time and not making mistakes, you're going to be in a position with two minutes left where you have a lead that's too far ahead to come back from. So, hmm. Right. Okay, uh, let's go number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Three of us had him at number three. Dad had him at five. Moses had him at seven. I think that's the right spot for him. I, I don't feel like it's controversial to have him at three you guys have anything to say about that ranking anything about kareem that we need to touch on i don't know what do you say like no i think when when kareem was i mean he played 20 seasons and and when he had the most points of all time when that happened i always thought in my mind because i was around back then i thought oh nobody will ever you know beat beat his points because he played such a long a long career and he was a scoring machine pretty much so I didn't think anybody else would match up and I was proven wrong on that but yeah I mean he's one of the greats really and he was always just uh just right there winning championships and getting the job done yeah just I mean that that's that's the one that like that based that kind of based my arguments around like how good are you at your job and he just was better at his job than everyone else in the league for like 15 years. So when he was drafted, when, when the, like 71 or whenever he was drafted from 71 to 84 or whatever, he was the best player in the league for all of those years. Hmm. Like, and by, and even through college too. So even if you're including like just best basketball players of all time, like he just didn't lose and he won all the MVPs and he won all the titles and he, like he had the scoring record for all those years. So it was just, the best player in the league for that many years. Yeah. I think he has the most MVPs out of anyone in the league. I think he had six MVPs. 
Is that right? Yeah. No one else has had that many. And how much? Six championships or? Six titles, yep. So, it's pretty impressive. It is. Who did I have above him? I was trying to remember what. Okay, so you had Kareem at five, and then you had Russell and Will above him. Yeah. So. Just a big man's game. Those are all just (laughs) big, important players. Yeah, all three of those. Legendary. I think uh, we should just get on with this and get to the debate that everyone wants to talk about, which is one and two. So, LeBron James was number two on the list. Three of us had him at number two. Two of us had him at one. And then Jordan's number one, and it was was reversed. So, three people ranked Jordan at one. So, we had him at one. Um, Who said Michael was number one? Miles, Moses, and Brock had Michael at one, and me and you had LeBron at one. Huh. I really struggle with this. I always do. I, I go back and forth depending on what I'm reading or what I'm looking, the stats I'm looking at. Um, still, again, LeBron James is playing the game, and he still maybe has more to do in the game. Um, but I, following Jordan back in the 80s and 90s, an impressive player all around. I think he inspired his teammates to, to be better. But he was more of like, he was the guy, right, all the time. And he was the reason why they won championships. Um, he's just great on both ends of the court all the time. But LeBron James, I think the, the one thing that, that sets him apart or above Michael Jordan, and I think the game has progressed and evolved over the years, but players now, I think they take better care of themselves. And I'm just impressed at the physique and the athleticism that Kobe, sorry, not that Kobe LeBron. <laughs> I think Kobe yeah. has more athleticism than LeBron. LeBron James has a slip. That LeBron James has, I mean, his body type, he plays above the rim. He's just so amazing all around. I've seen him do things that I've never seen other players do. So I just think. The physical specimen and the longevity of LeBron James is what just barely edges him out over Michael Jordan. But ask me tomorrow, I might switch it, really. As as the other person who put LeBron number one, I, I would have a lot of the same things to say. And I think it's just what you look at. Longevity is... Kind of what puts him over MJ for me, but also just he's a better all-around basketball player. If you had one-on-one LeBron and Michael Jordan, I think LeBron in this, in his prime is a better player individually. But he doesn't he focuses more on team basketball than Jordan did. Jordan was was more about scoring, better scorer, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's tough, and and I could you know, flip-flop him again later. And I I think something to say, too, like what you said, LeBron's still playing, so it's hard to know um, where to put him. I think for me it was that there was the season where he, I think it was 2018, and after Kyrie had left and he carried the Cavaliers to the finals that year, 
um, watching like the highlights of that season and the the I think he had like a couple of buzzer beaters to get him get his teams past these other Eastern Conference teams and he was really like the only guy on the team like Kyle Korver and there's a famous graphic with Kyle Korver and Tristan Thompson next to him <laughs> against the Warriors who had KD, Steph and Clay. Right. That was impressive. And it obviously they got I think they got swept in the finals by that Warriors team but J.R. Smith. Yeah, because of J.R. Smith. <laughs> They would have won at least one game, and that that game one of that finals. If you look at his stat line, that's pretty crazy. Um, but it, looking at that season, also obviously twenty sixteen when they came back from down three one, that is incredible and maybe the best season in NBA history, at least in you know my time that I've seen, and just seeing what he's able to accomplish and how he's able to make his teammates better. And he's had teams like that. Like in 2007, he carried the Cavs to the finals against the Spurs. Same, same type of deal there. There wasn't anyone else on his team that was even good. And so, yeah, I, I think he's an incredible player. And he also, just from the get-go, when he came straight out of high school, he was an incredible player. It didn't really take him a long time to warm up in the NBA. Um, he's been great since the beginning, and he's still great now. Um, if you look at stat-wise, he's as great as he's ever been right now as far as um, per-game stats. And I, I think that's incredible because how old is he? 38, 38? 39? Yeah. And no one at that age has ever done what he's doing, and he still has more years it is. to go. I mean, so. to see like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar slow down in his last couple of years, and I don't feel like LeBron's slowing down. I mean, maybe a step, but it's just impressive to see him continue to put up numbers in his old age. He also won a championship for three different teams, which is kind of incredible. Obviously, different type of career from these other guys. But I think that's cool. Three different franchises he's won a championship for. So Yeah, I think I'll chime in next. Um, I think I was always a big LeBron fan. Um, and I think even up until this podcast, I'd, I'd had LeBron at number one and Jordan at number two. Um, but for me... Uh, what I've said before, I think legacy plays um, of a huge importance. I think once LeBron retires um, and he's still consistent like he is now, uh, up to him being retired, I'd put him at number one as he retires. Um, but I think just as a current NBA player, um, at number two, I'd have him. I think it's also interesting how uh, the GOAT conversation is happening and then Jordan goes out and is making all these movies about himself, trying to uh, sway the crowd, the media, you know? <laughs> oh, the media. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he's making a movie right now uh, um, about his life, I think. Um, is, but Isn't he doing a documentary about his Wizards years or something? That, <laughs> I think I heard of course something he about is, that. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, I I think when it comes down to a perfect season in the, I guess, besides Bill Russell because of his uh, 11 titles in 13 years, 
Um, I think Jordan has an impressive um, record. And, um, yeah, I he didn't really take care of himself. That kind of uh, brings him down for me, too. He went out and played baseball, too. Like, uh, I don't know. And then his Wizards here are mid. But, um, yeah, overall, I just think LeBron will be number one once he retires. Moses? Okay, so, I mean, I think, obviously, like... 6-0 in the finals, you can't really beat that. I mean, I think with Michael's stats in the finals, and I still do think that the NBA isn't really about stats, it's more about, like, you know, rings, but I think that MJ's just, just with the finals and how he's basically gone on to the Bulls and... A team that didn't get a lot of respect to having them, like, basically have... T- was it two th- two times that they went three in a row? Or Yep, two three-peats. Two three-peats. Uh, that's just really impressive. I don't think that LeBron has really... I mean, after he got to the Cavaliers to the Heat, I feel like a lot of the... Players kind of helped him all, a lot. Like, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were, like, really, really good. Not to say that Pippen and Rodman weren't good, but I think that MJ, just like an individual player, has done more for his team than LeBron really has. Brock, what do you think, man? I think... I think with LeBron versus Michael, you have to kind of analyze. Um, it's it's no longer a question of how good they are at their job and what their skill set is because they have not not necessarily equal skill sets, but pretty similar. Um, LeBron's obviously three point shooting is a, a, a more of a skill for him, but it was a learned skill. Like when he came into the league, it wasn't it wasn't a, a skill that he learned, but he developed with the game and and we. It's going back to like the eras of playing basketball. You can't you can't compare the skill set because you you would assume that Jordan would get better at three point shooting because that's what the game has demanded more to, nowadays. Um, and I think Jordan not losing a finals is tough to say. Okay, like whereas LeBron's lost like six or seven, that it's tough to say that he isn't better. Um, Obviously, you could go back to what we said about Kobe and say LeBron is like physically and how he plays the game is better at basketball, and he he could be he could be better at basketball than like skill wise than MJ was, and and MJ might be better, but I think Jordan having the the resume of not ever losing, not like obviously he lost in the playoffs, but getting to the finals and not ever losing and not even going to a game seven. Is is tough to say that he doesn't have a better career than than LeBron, but LeBron keeps at so. I, and I think if LeBron wins another title, it's it's about it's pretty equatable. Like, yeah, you won six, but you didn't go to eleven like LeBron has. And if LeBron makes one more or wins one more, and has the all time scoring record, and has I mean every other record, it's like tough to say that that they're not equatable. Yeah, um, but I. Until LeBron wins one more, it's tough to 
say that the MJ wasn't better at his job, I guess, but it's it's kind of a combination of everything. And if you think about legacy, MJ obviously has a little more clout in the in the community about about his just his brand in general and how he's recognized worldwide. And not that LeBron's not recognized worldwide, but my mom knows things about Michael Jordan that she doesn't know about LeBron per se. And right. I think that's the case for a lot of people. So, yeah, well, and I think what you're saying, Michael Jordan maybe had a more, trying to think of the word, like a more perfect career, like a more, uh, it, it's more of like a fantastical career, maybe like, like a storybook or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a storybook career. Uh, whereas LeBron's had a lot more losses. Um, but at the same time, like you can't penalize LeBron for making the finals more. And there are some real tough teams that LeBron play against in the finals. And there are, I think a couple of Jordan, like obviously Jordan had good competition in the nineties, but if you're comparing like Charles Barkley sons to the 2018 Warriors, probably the greatest, well, LeBron beat the greatest team of all time, right? Um, whereas yeah, Jordan was on yeah, the greatest yeah, team of all time. Of all time yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. And I think, and I, I, I just comparing resumes, not that, not that it def- defines it either way, but you look at and say, okay, was LeBron ever part of like, unless you're counting that Miami team that went on that huge run, was LeBron ever considered like to be the best team of all time? And, you probably put him fourth or fifth on the list with that Miami team, and mm-hmm. you probably put two Bulls teams and two Warriors teams ahead of him, and then Shaq and Kobe's Lakers, and that's more of that's more of the the GM, and that's more of an organization fault for not giving LeBron like the best amount of like Hall of Fame players around him, but he did just at different times in their careers, right. and obviously the Miami teams were great, and then they lost to the Spurs, so it's like. Where Shaq and Kobe had a three-peat, um, MJ and Scotty had two three-peats, LeBron just hasn't had, other than other than making the ten finals in a row, he didn't have this, this scenario where, okay, I'm winning and no one's going to, we're not going to lose to anybody for this X amount of years. And the same with the Warriors where, like, KD and Steph didn't even get touched those two years that they the, the two years that they won. Right. So. And Le- Jordan had that, like, fear factor where at the end of the game, you don't want him to have the ball, right? That, yeah, well, that like clutch Woods, gene. It's like Tiger Woods on the 18th hole with the score tied. It's like, you know, you know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Regardless of, of, like, the actual odds of that happening. Like, like, if you look at Tiger Woods' career, there's so many times, like, hundreds and hundreds of tournaments where he's he has a 50 50 chance and like 99 percent of the time that 50 50 chance goes his way yeah. and the same can be said for an mj in a lot like he just didn't lose when it was a 50 50 chance like that and not that lebron has because he because Le, a lot of lebron's teams have have pushed ahead so far that they haven't had those 50 50 chances but that Cavs run where he hit all those game winners in the in the playoffs it's like well lebron has a bunch of those too so it's it's tough to compare resumes that way Mm -hmm. um but i think mj has the edge due to due to the 
like the worldwide support for him and his brand. Um, it's just everything about it screams number one. And not that that LeBron's doesn't. It's just if you're comparing that number one to LeBron's number one, MJ's number one has a little more backing behind it. I would say. No, I agree with you with the branding. Yeah, I mean, it's just culturally he's just it air jordan with the brand and the shoes and the logo and everything i mean it's it's yeah and i think legendary uh, not that not that what lebron has done like politically is good or bad either way mj just didn't involve himself in that so he didn't create a lot of people culturally that didn't like him. Whereas right. LeBron right. has put himself in positions, whether it's politically or with the community or, or his opinions on stuff that happens in the league, um, that he makes it easy to not like him, makes it easier to not like him. Whereas with MJ, it's like, how can you not like this guy? Every 50-50 chance he won, he never said anything or did anything that put people against him too much. Like, And so that's what gives him the cultural boost. Whereas you have guys like my dad who... Oh, LeBron just can't stop talking so much, and we like him a lot more. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Where you have yeah. a lot of people culturally and in the community that aren't fans of him. Whereas with MJ, unless you're a hardcore LeBron fan, you're not getting much pushback onto it. So MJ's definitely one. Uh, yeah. Does LeBron have something to beat him? Does LeBron have the resume to beat him out? It's not. LeBron's definitely one. And does MJ have the resume to push him? Out? It's always been. MJ's at the top, and can someone catch up to him? Yeah, and I and it'll be interesting to see when LeBron retires. I think that's when it'll kind of. I mean, time will will uh, will tell. So again, he's in the league still, but yeah, like what you were saying, like it. It's uh, everyone respects Jordan as a great player, and LeBron. You know, well, you're saying every, everyone likes Jordan. Obviously, those one, the people who don't like him are the ones that got beat by him. Well, Charles Barkley, Patrick Isaiah Ewing, Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, like they're. Malone and Stockton have both said, like, well, we weren't ever scared of Jordan. They were just the Bulls. But, I mean, you didn't win. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, some of Jordan's teammates didn't like him because he pushed him so hard. But, I, right. he, and I think but they all the respected him. Right. He was always yeah. about, yeah, I just need need these guys to do this so that we can win. Yeah. And I think I think that's where you might have an edge over LeBron is, is what he said at the end of the last dance. Like, you might have thought that I was a tough teammate, but you'll ask any of them and they, they'll tell you, I never asked them to do something that I wasn't able to do or that I wasn't already doing. Right. Whereas I feel like with LeBron, he puts his not 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 currently, but has put his teammates in tough positions, especially in, in the years that they've lost, whether that's in the regular season or in before they've made the finals. He's put his teammates kind of under the bus a little bit, and I'm sure if MJ lost, that would have been the case as well. That it would have fell on the burden would have, would have fell on his teammates a little bit. Um, but since they were won so much, it's just that much. It's just that little tick of advantage in the in the resume conversation, so. So, yeah, I, I'm fine with either one being one and two. I mean, obviously, there's no argument that they're both one and two. It's just a matter of who edges the other out, and I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, you can compare different things and got different takes. I mean, they're both winners, and they're both, 
amazing on both ends. And uh, culturally important players. I think maybe culturally Michael Jordan is the more important of the two, but that's because, again, he's out of the league and he's kind of a legend now and and uh, LeBron's still playing. So we'll see. We'll see where LeBron's legacy ends up. So, And I think MJ and LeBron are the only two guys that you could say, oh, he was the best player in the league for that long of time. That's MJ true. and LeBron are the two other guys that could, could have that claim for that amount of years. And so that's why Kareem's three, MJ's one, and LeBron's two, um, because they were the best player in the league by far for X amount of years, whereas the rest of the top ten, you could have an argument that they weren't the best player in the league for more than a year or two. It's a good point. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for your thoughts. Thanks for hopping on. I'm glad we had someone on here, like, with a different... Obviously, we're all in the same family here, so it's nice to have an outside perspective a little bit, and I think it added a lot. And we needed someone to break the tie, too, because it would have been the Jordan-LeBron would have been tied if we wouldn't have had yours. So, All right, well, that's our top 10 NBA players, and I'll just read them off again. Tim Duncan was number 10, Shaquille O'Neal number 9, Kobe Bryant number 8, Bill Russell, number seven. Wilt Chamberlain, number six. Larry Bird, number five. Magic Johnson, number four. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number three. LeBron James was number two. And Michael Jordan was number one. That's our list of the best NBA players of all time on this episode of Top Ten Ranked.